Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Hey friends, welcome into episode 107 of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. This special midweek edition of the show I think is truly special. And yeah, maybe I'm a little bit biased and I think that of every one of these episodes, but in this particular case, I know I'm right. You see, this episode, I want to talk about an experience that I had recently at Fort Hayes State University. One, I had the opportunity to be the keynote speaker at Future Educators Day at Fort Hayes State, which meant, in essence, I was speaking to about 120, 130 prospective aspiring teachers, current high school students thinking about a career in education, and with them, some teachers, some advisors, and even some parents and grandparents that had come along for the ride. Later in the day, I had the opportunity to speak with some of the college students in the College of uh, Teacher Education, and had an amazing discussion with a fairly good-sized group that really just turned into a Q&A. And honestly, four of the questions that were asked by the group, I mean, honestly, all the questions were great, but four in particular really stood out. And myself, along with uh, Dr. Chris Yoakum, who's the department chair at Fort Hayes State University for teacher education, we had those four prospective students hang around and we recorded their questions and I'm going to answer those questions today on the show. I think you'll find it very enlightening. Um, For me, it was really interesting to listen to their perspectives. Um, And honestly, if you're a school leader right now, if you're a district leader right now, um, honestly, if you're a classroom teacher right now, hearing the voice of a 20, 21, 22 year old who could very easily be one of your colleagues in a year or two or three, is really powerful. And it's a, it's a little bit of a peek into what they're thinking, what they're wondering about, and honestly, what they're concerned about as they get ready to embark on their journey in education. Now, let's start with the beginning part of the day. Um, it was really a lot of fun to see all of these high school kids come rolling in the door. And, you know, so many of you know this, but I i mean, I'm a recovering high school principal. So to have the opportunity to just speak to and be around high school kids was a lot of fun. And, you know, just to interact with them before the event even began, just going around from table to table and just sitting down and having conversations and, you know, getting to know their parents a little bit or or talking to their advisors and definitely just talking to the high school students. It just, man, it filled my heart so much. It really, really did. Um, And when it came time to actually speak, it was for me, I I could just tell them from my own experience, my own perspective, hey, here's here's why a career in education would be great. But what I had decided to do previous to to showing up to speak was I reached out to a bunch of educators across North America that I truly value, that I truly care a lot about and really wanted their opinion. And I shared their words as part of that keynote speech. So I want, I want to actually start there and just share a little bit of what that message was, just so you kind of have an idea of what it was that I was telling these young people. Um, you can always reach out and tell me, you know, hey, Darren, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. I mean, hopefully you do. 
But, uh, you know, I opened with just, you know, why would you want to be an educator? And I asked the group, you know, have you heard some of the, the negative things that are out there? You know, some of those, some of those detractors, you know, like, you know, the pay is low. Uh, kids are hard to work with. Parents are out of control. Too many mandates. You know, a lot of negative people, all that kind of stuff. And almost every single one of them said, yeah, we've heard that. Unfortunately, sometimes they hear it from their own teachers. You know, they, they hear it from, you know, other educators that are connected to their school. Maybe they are their teacher. Maybe there's somebody else, you know, a school administrator or whatever. And, you know, it really made me think that we have to do a better job of speaking about our own profession. Um, I actually did a pep talk while I was at Fort Hayes that day on that exact topic. I'll link it in the show notes so you can, you know, go check that out if you haven't had a chance to. Uh, but it, but it really stood out to me that we have to do a whole lot better job of talking about our profession. And we got to remember that little ears are listening, you know. So, you know, when, when I heard what I expected to hear from the kids that, yes, they've heard these things, you know, why, why are you here? Why do you still want to be an educator? It was exciting to, to know that they, you know, yeah, we've heard those things, but that's, that's not going to deter us. So... This was my first opportunity to share some of the words of, of others. And um, I shared the words of Brian Redmond, who was the high school band director where I was a principal. Brian's a high school band director now, not the same location, but still in the state of Wyoming. Brian's words were, look past the negativity around us at the moment. I love what I do, and I can't think of anything else I'd rather do. If you like connecting with people, it's really a great way to spend your life. Amazing, powerful words. You know, and uh, I shared I shared the words of, of others, too, like Melissa Wright in Canada, who said, you know, it's a hard job, but it's so rewarding. And uh, Dr. Farrell Ortega Choate in California, who said, you know, you can't help, ki- you know, you get to help kids fall in love with learning, you know, or Brian Martin, you know, an elementary school teacher in, in Buffalo, New York, who said, you know, the growth that you get to see from your kids from day one to the end of the year is just unbelievable. You know, or or even the words of of my good friend Dr. Steve Wolf, you know, longtime teacher, principal, superintendent in Kansas and in Colorado, and as as he put it, you know, it's the one career that you can have an impact well beyond your own lifetime. Uh, just to be able to share that with those kids was was really powerful. We went into a whole lot of other stuff as we went through, you know, the course of uh, of our time, you know, including you know reminding them. In the words of Dr. Frank Rodneski from New Jersey, follow your passion to your purpose. Um, you know, Melissa Skinner uh, from Wyoming shared with me, you know, hey, don't, don't let them forget that, you know, teachers worry about them. They lose sleep over them. They plan around them. And maybe just ask them to list every teacher they've had since kindergarten. And when it comes time for graduation, send every single one of them a graduation announcement. You know, because every single one of them worried about you, lost sleep over you, and planned lessons around you. Just, oh my gosh, folks, it's just so, so, so powerful uh, to have the opportunity to speak with these kids and, and to answer their questions and to just, you know, spend a little bit of time with a group who truly values the career that I chose to make such a huge part of my life. What would you tell a young person right now? You know, what if, what if a high school student said, you know, hey, I'm thinking about going into education. What are your thoughts? Think about how you might frame that answer. 
I saw a similar question recently on Facebook, and it probably had two or three or 400 responses. But the one that popped up when I clicked on the post was, don't do it. You know, when you say things like that, have some context. You know, that doesn't mean that, that you're wrong. Because you know what? Teaching isn't for everybody. You know, and that's okay. It really is. But when we speak negatively, how about, how about we get a little context to it, right? You know, I just shared with you the words of a bunch of people that, you know, when I ask them, hey, what should I tell kids? Man, they didn't just say, you should do it. They said, here's why. You know, they really put some context to it. And they put some, some volume behind it. So I think that's an important piece to not lose sight of. Again, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to to be at Fort Hayes State that that day. Um, I believe I'm going to be back there next year doing it again, uh, which which will be so much fun. So um, I just I, I do want to you know just really quick throw throw some thank yous to Fort Hayes State University, the home of the Fighting Tigers, Fort Hayes State in Hayes, Kansas. Um, Dr. Jill Arnstarf, uh, the um, the provost, Dr. Chris Yoakum. Uh, I already mentioned Dr. Yoakum, but uh, just just an incredible human being. The work that he's doing there, the leadership he's providing. Uh, John Armstrong in their admissions office uh, was a big supporter that day, big help that day. And and Dr. Scott Gregory, whose students um, I had the opportunity to spend some time with in the afternoon. And that's that's the next thing I want to talk about. And that's going to lead into actually the question and answer part of today's show. Um, in Dr. Gregory's class, the students had already read uh, my book. And I'm grateful for that. That was wonderful. It was kind of fun to, uh, you know, sign a handful of copies for, for those kids. But they asked some really, really good questions. And, you know, quite a bit of the faculty actually came for this question and answer session, too. And uh, I know they were pleased that uh, some of the ways that I was answering questions reinforce what they're saying you know, in their classroom settings with, with the students, which was fantastic. But um, as we started to get into the questions, uh, you know, it went from some, you know, basic procedural stuff to, you know, some of the things around like interview practice and that kind of stuff to, to really, hey, if I need to lean in with my administrator in this situation, what is it that I can expect or what might I ask or how can working with my administrator help me in this situation. So what we're going to do now, I'm going to go through each of these four questions. Um, I'll play the question and you're, you're going to actually hear the person's voice who asked the question. They'll, they'll actually identify themselves, tell you who they are, and then they'll ask their question. And then I'm going to spend four or five minutes trying to replicate the answer that I gave that day. Um, honestly, I, I, I hope that the kids listen to this episode because I think my answers today might be better than they were, uh, you know, cold and on the spot uh, when I was when I was there. So um, we're going to go ahead and dive into that right now. Let's begin with our first question. Hi, my name is Morgan Barba. I'm an agricultural education major, and my question is: I'll be teaching a program that needs. Uh, quite a bit of funding. So what is the best way to advocate with your administration to receive enough funding to give students um, valuable opportunities? This is an excellent question, Morgan. And I think a lot of what this goes to 
is identifying and demonstrating the value of the program that you currently are are leading. Um, And that begins, honestly, by inviting your administrator to come in and experience the program that you have. Don't just sit back and wait for them to, you know, show up in your classroom, maybe, you know, through the occasional walkthrough or, you know, to come get a student for something. You want to be really proactive and invite them to come in. Allow them to discover the value of the program that you have. You want to have opportunities with them to see you in the space and for you to be able to talk about the needs that you have right there in your space. Also, it allows your students to talk about the needs that they have, the work that they're doing, and to demonstrate a lot of pride in what they're doing. As a superintendent, I worked in a district that had a VOAG program, and what an incredibly strong program. You know, those types of programs really make a huge difference in the life of kids. You know, they learn so many different skills. And just make sure that your administrator feels like they're welcome in your classroom. Ask for feedback, you know. Um, Help them to help you, you know. So ask them very specific questions or tell them things you're working on that you'd like to get a little bit of support on, not just from a financial perspective. The second thing I would tell you is find out what other schools are doing. Really examine it. Take a a look. In the case of VOAG, you have a lot of opportunities to get together with the other VOAG instructors, typically in your county or in your state. So just find out what are they doing in terms of funding? How are they approaching those types of situations? You know, administrators talk. They spend a lot of time talking. They spend a lot of time meeting with each other. So if you happen to have somebody that's in a school that that principal also knows the principal that you work for, it might be an opportunity to leverage that relationship and help help those two work together to identify ways to support programs. Principals don't want to not support programs. Let's make sure, let's get that out there real clear. Principals don't want to not support programs, all right? What they want to do is find ways to support anything that makes a difference in the life of kids. But they're the ones who have to slice the pie, and that's just part of being an administrator. But if if you can find other ways or other creative solutions to bring to the table for them, that's huge. And that takes me to number three, which is make sure you know as much as you possibly can about the different grants that are out there, specifically the Carl D. Perkins grant. You've got to know that one inside and out if you are in any type of career technical education course. Make sure you know it well. And also, depending on the size of your district, make sure you know who is the person that's responsible for the Carl Perkins Act. The person that does the reporting, the person that files, you know, all of the purchase orders, all of that type of stuff. Okay. The more that you can connect with that person or persons, the more you can learn about how those grants work and about how you can advocate for your program, not just to your administrator, but to the system itself that supports career and technical education. All right, let's jump on to question number two. Hi, my name is Lauren, and my question is along the basis of if we have a behavioral student who we are just really struggling with, how do we get support from administrators to um, better help us uh, 
handle that student in a way that is positive and a way that uh, benefits the teacher and the student. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for this question. Um, one, honestly, that I, I think is being asked more and more frequently across the country. Um, number one, uh, how do you get support from your administrator when you're dealing with a student with behavior? Uh, number one is document, document, document. Um, I remember answering this question uh, that day at Fort Hayes. And when I said this, watching the faculty just nod their heads up and down. Yes, <laughs> document, document, document. Um, more, more than anything, that is an absolutely critical piece. Uh, number two, I would tell you, connect with some outside experts. Connect with outside supports so that you're not just simply reliant on one person. Um, you know, when, when we make it where the principal is the only person who can help solve our problems, um, we're making the principal a rare commodity, a, a very valuable commodity. And not that that's a bad thing, but that's probably happening in other parts of the building as well. So having a, a bank of resources instead of just one go-to is really, really huge. Um, and I would tell you this is in a way similar to the first question that, that we talked about here on the show. Um, you've, you've got to ask for help and invite them in. Invite them into your room, not just when things are going bad. You know, you want your principal to be in the room when the student is not demonstrating behaviors. Um, and, you know, I encourage principals and assistant principals to be in classrooms frequently. And, and yes, I get the pushback, and I totally get it. You know, they're stuck in firefighter mode a lot. You know, and when you're calling and needing support for behaviors— that, that has them in firefighter mode. That, that's part of the job. They understand that. But invite them to be in your room when things are going well, you know, because then they get an opportunity to experience and understand the student and you, for that matter, when things are going well. You know, oftentimes when we have students with behavior issues, for each of us, I know for me, sometimes it was a challenge. You know, it, it raises the temperature of your own blood. So when we have the opportunity to be in the room when things are going well, it's an opportunity for your administrator to kind of establish themselves as another adult presence in the room. Um, I, I was recently working with an assistant principal in New York, and, you know, this, this type of thing came up. You know, a young student who has some behavior challenges, and she just went and stayed in the room. And, you know, she told the teacher, hey, I'm going to be back. You know, I'll be back tomorrow and I'll be back the next day and I'm going to come and spend five or 10 minutes each day and just know I'm here to support you. I'm going to be here to, you know, help that student stay down in the green zone as opposed to being escalated into yellow and red. So definitely invite them to, to come in and, and take that on. Odds are pretty strong that your principal will say, yeah, I can do that. Or maybe they can delegate it to another adult in the building, an assistant principal or a counselor or social worker so that maybe they can tag team that role to give you that additional support to help keep the behaviors low before they start to escalate instead of them just running in and being the superhero when things have already gone off the rails. Um, the last thing I would tell you on this one is continue to be a learner and suggest alternate strategies as you are learning. And this, to me, this is the beauty of our early career educators. You know, and, and people like yourself, Lauren, aspiring educators, getting ready to jump into the classroom full time, 
you're going to bring fresh ideas. You're going to bring fresh perspectives. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with teaching old dogs new tricks. So continue to be a learner. Continue to leverage the the connections and, you know, other other means you have of networking so that you can potentially bring other strategies to the table as well. I think that's a really, really powerful thing and something that everybody can learn from and be cognizant of because we're all faced with those challenges in the classroom with higher behavior incidents. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Man, are you getting the idea of just how much fun it was for me that that day? Just just to spend time with these individuals who, you know, are aspiring teachers ready to be jumping into the classroom. Some of them will be in the classroom uh, as early as this spring. Many of them uh, when the new school year kicks off in the fall of 24. Just a wonderful, wonderful day. Incredible individuals. And we're not done yet, folks. Here we go. It's question number three. My name is Skylar Steinley. I am majoring in elementary education. And my question is, when we begin experimenting with new teaching methods in the classroom, how do we deal with the negative aftermath or the negative uh, like turnout with administration? Oh, Skylar, I love this question so much. It takes me to uh, one of my favorite stories. Uh, and it's actually not my story. I'm not the one who tells it. So uh, I'll tell it, but I, I can tell you in advance. I, I'm not going to be as eloquent with this story as as the other person is. And the other person is actually Bradley W. Skinner. Uh, Bradley was a teacher in my building where I was principal. I hired Bradley, and we worked together for three years. And it's interesting that you ask a question about dealing with negative experiences with an administrator. And, and, and Skylar, I'm not sure if this was your experience or if it was your cooperating teacher's experience or maybe a, a teacher relative that you have that has had this experience. But unfortunately, that happens sometimes. Um, when I first hired Bradley, I remember he came in and wanted to do some new things. But he, he had been in an environment previously where that was just very frowned upon. Um, where I was the principal, I wanted teachers to take risk. I wanted them to do things differently. I wanted them to do whatever it took to make a difference in the life of a kid. And, you know, Bradley would tell me that he was going to try something new and I would give him some advice and I'll give you that same advice. You know, number one, I would, I would lead with a question, you know, is this something that's research-based that I can go gather some more information on or that maybe one of our instructional coaches or, you know, uh, somebody else here in the building can provide additional support on. Um, and if it's not, that's okay. That doesn't mean that it won't work. But I just want to know so that I can provide the best support. Um, I, I would I would say definitely ask in advance, which is which is what Bradley would do, because what it did was it put us in a position where I could try to provide support for him, where I could do everything possible to help this experiment prove itself either successful or unsuccessful. You know, I, I told him quite frequently, I, I don't remember actually saying this, but he has told me, I've said it multiple times. And that was, you know, if you try something new and it works, cool, keep doing it. And if it doesn't, then stop it, find something else. Um, that really should be the response from your administrator, right? 
you know, uh, I would tell you also ask for a coach, ask for a mentor, you know, ask for that extra support. If you approach it from the beginning with, hey, I'm going to try something new and I'd really like to have some support on it, odds of you seeing that negative blowback as, as you described, Skylar, go down significantly. It's when you do something without letting people know that can sometimes put you in a difficult situation. So be transparent and be upfront. Um, I, I would tell you, I think is maybe the most important piece of advice. And then here's the other, and this is the, the final one that I'll tell you. Um, don't assume that your experience is what everybody else's is. So kind of be an observer in your building, you know, and, and find out, is this unique to you? Or is this something that everybody is experiencing? If it's everybody, it may mean, you know, that you have to evaluate, is this the place where I want to continue in my career? Is this going to give me the best opportunity to grow and be the teacher that I want to be? Or do I need to maybe look for, for a better environment? If it is just you, then that's an opportunity for you to, again, look for that mentor, look for that support, talk to your principal about what is it that I'm doing wrong that leads to this negative feedback. Great question, Skylar. I love that one. All right, now let's get to question number four. Hi, my name is Vanessa Renteria, and I'm going to early childhood. My question is, when you see parents' um, issues start to arise and they start to question your capabilities, how can the admin step in and provide support um, for you, especially for a first-year teacher? Oh, man, Vanessa, this is such a great question. And you know, it's something that I think comes up quite frequently. I think often people are concerned with interacting with parents because it can be kind of intimidating, especially when you're a first year teacher. So I would tell you, number one, I've already used this answer before, but I'm going to use it again. Document, document, document. When you have those tough conversations or a conversation where they are questioning your abilities, make sure that you're writing that down. Okay. Also remember this, you are being given the parent's most treasured possession, their child. It's going to be personal for them. It doesn't mean you have to take a personal on your side, but it is, of course, coming from a very deeply personal point for them. So be willing to grant them some grace. Be willing to listen and understand that they don't know what you know. Also, you don't know what they know. So be willing to try to find that common ground. Okay, certainly your administrator can step in, okay? They can, they can really position themselves in three different ways. They can position themselves in front. In other words, take the lead on that conversation for you to help model that so you learn how to handle those types of conversations. Uh, they could just be right at your side so that you have the conversation, but they're right there to support you. Or they can kind of lead from the back where you know that they've got your back. You know they're there to support you. But maybe they're not necessarily right there in the room with you because you do want to stand on your own. You want to be able to take that step. So communicate with your administrator where you feel is the best space for them to provide that support for you. If you really feel like you need them leading from the front for you, then tell them. If you want them at your side, tell them. If you're comfortable with them just leading from the back and being there, that's okay too. But you just need to let them know, okay? You know, when, when you have email exchanges with parents, one way that your that your administrator can be right there with you is just copy them on the email or blind copy them on the email. Okay, that way, maybe you think they are questioning your skills and maybe the, the 
you know, principal might read that and say, no, I don't think that's what they're asking here. Okay. You want your principal to be your trusted advocate, right? So, so have that conversation. Let them know what's going on. They can't help you if they don't know what's going on. Ask them for that guidance, right? Be, be willing to say, hey, I, I need you to look at something. You know, um, I, I was really, really good about writing emails and not hitting send. In fact, I would actually take the, the person I was sending it to, their, their name out of the send line so that it was sending to no one. So when I wrote an email, if I needed somebody to go give me feedback, like I would go to my principal as, uh, as an assistant principal, or I would go to maybe my leadership team as a principal and just say, hey, guys, give me some feedback on this. You know, tell me about the tone. Tell me about, you know, like, like what temperature am I coming in at on this thing here, right? So, you know, use, use your administrator for that too. You know, give them the opportunity to say, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll read it over for you. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and model that conversation with you. Let's practice, right? Um, and and I, I would tell you this too, I mean, just for everybody, just a simple plug here for this one. Um, if you go back, I don't remember the exact episode. I'll make sure I link it though in the show notes with Crystal Frommert here on our show with her book, When, uh, when Calling Parents Isn't Your Calling, get that book because it's an incredible resource that will help you to find the confidence you need to have those conversations with parents. Thank you so much for your question, Vanessa. I really appreciate it. And folks, thank you so much for listening in to this special episode of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. I had so much fun with my friends at Fort Hayes State University. I had so much fun with the uh, high school-aged aspiring teachers, with the collegiate undergraduate teachers, uh, with the faculty, with the staff. Uh, it was just so much fun. And this episode was an absolute blast. So go Tigers. Um, if you get the chance, folks, make sure you're following Fort Hayes State University. I'll give you some links so you can check out all the amazing work they're doing there at the Teacher Education Center. It is absolutely amazing stuff. Get out there. Have a road awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.